friends welcome to episode 17 of new indian woman podcast airing in the second week of may 2020 our guest today kalpana purushottaman has been working with children and families in difficult circumstances a professor of social and community psychology she teaches students of psychology and counseling at the indian institute of psychology and research bangalore She is presently a member Juvenile Justice Board Bangalore Urban a judicial bench that adjudicates or listens to children who come into conflict with the law from across Bangalore She is an active advocate for the mental health rights of children in the justice system She has worked with child and adult survivors of child sexual abuse for several years We have invited her to discuss issues relating to child sexual abuse parenting child safety and protection a mother of a teenager herself she is able to personally relate to the challenges of parents from across the social spectrum to raise happy and healthy children and remain sane and healthy themselves so welcome kalpana to new indian woman podcast hello krishna let's get started right away a big hello to all our listeners kalpana before we get into the specifics of increasing awareness and how to prevent detect child sexual abuse issues in our families and in our communities i would like to ask you about some myths associated with this see the first thing is many of us may think this child sexual abuse which we hear reported in newspapers in the media everywhere it happens somewhere else either in very rich ultra rich families or in very poor households is this notion true firstly child sexual abuse is not limited to children or people from very poor or very rich households in fact a national study on child abuse by the ministry of child development in india way back in 2007 found that 53.22% of children reported having faced one or more forms of sexual abuse which means one in two children had undergone sexual abuse and remember this is only those who are reporting okay. and it is well known that many victims do not report sexual abuse the reality is that child sexual abuse is a fairly common childhood experience for us in india and it is certainly not limited to any socio economic class now let me ask about this does it happen usually only for girls certainly not this is also a big myth while yes it does get more attention and uh, the larger perception is that this happens only for girls in fact the same study that i spoke of earlier the ministry of women and child development the same study also found that boys also go through child sexual abuse okay persons of all genders go through child sexual abuse in fact i would add by saying that children with disabilities of any kind and children who identify as trans gay or any other gender in fact have a higher likelihood of going through sexual abuse as they are more vulnerable so somewhere what we see or uh, read in the media maybe mm-hmm. it is not giving the complete picture in that sense because as a public as a layman we tend to hear more and more only of girls true krishna two things one is it is also this entire socialization process that happens you know we keep telling our boys that oh you must be strong so boys are not encouraged to come and report that abuse is happening with them okay right uh, similarly children with disabilities or children who identify as any other gender 
are already so vulnerable and and we make it really difficult for them to report sexual abuse as well okay is it true that a very large number of child sexual abuse happens during the vacation season because children are likely to stay away from parents and maybe they move around a lot and all that is it true i don't have any data to validate or confirm that child sexual abuse happens only or more during the vacation season mm-hmm. i would say from what makes it more likely to happen is the lack of adult or parental protection or supervision mm-hmm. probably where this myth has originated is that it is possible or likely that children may not have the same strict standards of control and supervision that parents would or school would have or teachers would have say if they are you know at home or in school mm-hmm. and therefore maybe the vacation season could be a slightly okay. vulnerable time putting it differently vacation season is when the parents should be more alert and cautious about the potential dangers than usual because the child schedule everything is changing right the mechanisms for supervision probably are much lesser during vacations yeah here krishna i'd like to add that we are only talking about the school going population right and it's very important for us to also acknowledge and recognize that a large portion of the children who do go through child sexual abuse may not necessarily be school going population which means these could be children who are out of school these are children I mean, dropouts or these are children who uh, otherwise are involved in other kinds of vulnerable situations okay so we must recognize other children who don't go to school as well definitely for whom vacation might not really be a concept at all Right. Kalpana, I have this uh, question. When we hear about such cases, I see elders say that these mm. things were not happening earlier. Nowadays, mm. it seems to be so much more. Is that mm. true? Mm. I do not know. Is it that it is getting <laughs> reported more? I cannot for a moment think that human beings did not have such tendencies earlier and only now awfully developed. So I would like to know from you. Okay. See this is another popular and favorite myth of recent times mm-hmm. where i think a lot of things about our past is glorified and projected as if child sexual abuse is a new phenomenon and that it never happened in the glorious days of joint families or in ancient india mm-hmm. but the fact is that child sexual abuse has existed in india for at least the last few centuries that we know of oh, really okay yeah see often we don't think of it that way for example see child marriage is one of the most glaring examples of child sexual abuse that stares us right in the face hmm yet we fail to or refuse to acknowledge it hmm similarly several cultural practices in different parts of india for example uh, in the north there is something called the londa nach where young boys were made to dance and then sexually abused Hmm. for the amusement of adult males okay or there is the practice of offering a prepubertal girl to an adult male as a cure for venereal disease oh oh god hmm. Hmm. yes see these are some of these socially sanctioned practices it is just that maybe we didn't call it child sexual abuse we did not recognize it as the, as such so socially accepted practices were one but even otherwise in joint families 
maybe it was also possible yes. for uh, abuse of the not the socially accepted variety to happen as well right oh very much very much in fact my experience krishna with uh, adult survivors mm-hmm. especially both men and women mm-hmm. is that over and over you hear stories and experiences that adults are sharing with you about the sexual abuse that they have gone through living as part of uh, you know families that they were growing up and when i say adults i'm talking of adults probably many of them in their 40s 50s okay and they are now beginning to have the courage to actually and feel safe enough to come to a therapist and say that you know this happened to me 30 years ago this happened to me 40 years ago hmm. and i hmm. could never talk about it because society never talked about it and for a lot of people in fact now for the last i would say 6 to 7 years especially after the the protection of children from the sex, from sexual offences act uh, was passed in 2012 mm-hmm. and there has been a lot of awareness in the media and even in general society we have started talking about these things True. and that has not just helped helped in children reporting but also in many of the older adults coming out and you know being able to speak and say that hey this happened to me also hmm and see for a lot of people uh, krishnan they have not had the vocabulary to share we remember this as a bad memory for us when we were growing up hmm oh, this uncle did this to me or you know uh, yeah i had gone for a wedding during the summer holidays and there was this person who did this terrible thing to me hmm we, we didn't have the vocabulary See, in all lang- all Indian languages, if you look at mm-hmm. the the words for sexual abuse are also you know say gandhi baat, mm-hmm. you know, things mm-hmm. like that. We know something bad is happening. Yeah, but what exactly is that? We've never, as a society, as a culture, we've never had the language to describe. Yeah, it was always in some grey area. Without, it was always hidden, yeah. no, brushed under the carpet. Nobody talks about it. Right. So people. even if they wanted to one is society told you you must not share mm-hmm. and two even if i wanted to share who do i go and share it with yeah how do i share it how do i describe this horrible thing that has happened to me mm-hmm. right correct and especially in the face of society also in many ways sanctioning and saying this is okay right mm-hmm. especially if you see many of the experiences that uh, adult survivors will share as to when they actually told their mothers or somebody uh, amma this mama did this to me right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the mother would immediately hush the child and say or say aise thodi bolte hmm mama ke bare mein aise baat thodi karte tata ibudi panwara you know kind of thing okay so immediately the child very quickly learns that this is not something that i should be talking about because it's not a welcome topic hmm like this in psychology we call it the conspiracy of silence hmm hmm which it is almost like all of us in a society very quietly and willingly sign in to be silent about this silent about the abuse that a child is going through hmm. because it makes us feel very uncomfortable yeah so brushing under the carpet is something which we technique yes. we adopt so it is not that is a new thing i think it has always existed it's just that now i think a lot more people are finding voice voice and the vocabulary vocabulary and 
I think society through these signals. See, when mm. you actually have a law that says, "Hey, this is wrong," for the first time, you were actually acknowledging that, "Hey, this is something wrong," right. and not only is it morally wrong, but that it is legally wrong. There is a punishment to it. It is interesting to hear that enablement of this law is normally we think enablement of a law allows us to go fight a case in the courts. But here you yes. were saying it has given a vocabulary and it, it allows us to talk about it, accept yes. it as an evil, to acknowledge yes. in the first place that hey, yes, this is happening. In fact, an interesting thing is still 2012, Krishna. Mm-hmm. If there was a child who actually went through child sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. and even if somebody took the courage and went ahead and reported there was no law under which they could be punished okay so you see what happened was the police would actually file cases under 376 which is rape rape of a woman or they had uh, sections in the ipc which would be molestation or what was called outraging the modesty of a woman mm-hmm. <laughs> so you see even in our laws the language did not even allow us to acknowledge the the sexuality of a child being violated yeah. in many ways i think the conversations around child sexual abuse have are beginning to open up there's a lot more awareness in the media there's schools have begun talking about it hmm. and families are talking about it when it comes to that particular child in that particular family probably still the child is probably still being shushed hmm. but as a society i think there's a lot more awareness and a lot more opening up about the topic of child sexual abuse yeah that's nice to hear could you also explain some of these terms for parents mm. because we are not having child listeners for this podcast so this particular okay. episode will be marked as adult uh, content okay. these terms which are used molestation <laughs> bullying <laughs> sexual <laughs> bullying cyber <laughs> sex can harm the child but to what extent when do you consider it has mm-hmm. it has crossed the line and it is something more sexual okay because you are saying in our society there are these mm-hmm. things of putting all of them under gandhi bath yes yes so so what do you consider as something which is sexual abuse my child is going through sexual abuse and it need not be only penetrative sex otherwise Absolutely. also the child is undergoing sexual abuse correct i would want to start by repeating what you said that often our idea of child sexual abuse is penetrative sex hmm. right and before we go into that and yes that is certainly that is uh, child sexual abuse and that is probably the more easily recognizable form of child sexual abuse see of course the first thing to know when you say child sexual abuse is that it is the sexual abuse of a person below 18 years right but i want to talk about the fact that sexual abuse often is not in isolation hmm. we have to understand child abuse first before we understand child sexual abuse hmm. child abuse could be physical could be emotional could be economic and sexual maltreatment and it's important that in our focus about sexual abuse we do not overlook the other types of child abuse which are also as detrimental to the development and well-being of a child and why it is also specially important is that we have to be alert to see whether the sexual abuse is happening along with some other form of abuse as well because that then becomes a especially as parents and as teachers or as adults in charge of the care of a child sometimes we may miss picking up those warning signals 
could you just give some examples of child abuse in general and child sexual abuse in particular okay see for example when we hit a child mm-hmm. beat kicking punching pinching a child see these are all physical abuse right okay this is often overlooked thing it is not sexual abuse na Hmm. or even many times as parents we try to justify it by saying this is to discipline the child or hmm. teach the child or punish the child or we indian parents love to say oh this is for his own good hmm so one thing that i would want to say is no it is not for his good that is for sure okay so even with the best of your intentions to discipline a child physical abuse is certainly not good for children and it has long lasting psychological impact on the child well into adulthood hmm the second is not just physical abuse but emotional abuse hmm now emotional abuse for example when we scold children using derogatory language hmm and this is again very common in indian homes hmm and teachers calling them names right yeah. calling them names which are which which have a sexual connotation yeah and and trying to shame the child again here sorry to interrupt mm. the thought that yeah. we have gone through this and we yes. are today good because we were brought up that way somehow mm-hmm. it's not right just because we grew up listening to such things does not mean it is right absolutely we cannot stress that enough mm. and yet many times we as parents may not recognize this as abusive yes because we have been socialized that way Cut. for example a girl wearing clothes that her parents don't think appropriate hmm. immediately she will be told enna ipdi thuni potturke and i'm not using words yeah. why are you dressed like this yes things like that sometimes even see emotional abuse is also things like locking children up in a dark room or bathroom right or saying things like i'm going to throw you out of the house hmm. that is also emotional abuse but sometimes we as parents we don't recognize this hmm. the other very important and very common thing among indian households is also and which counts as emotional neglect is depriving children of basic needs like food clothing safe housing not showing to a doctor when the child is sick hmm. as like a punishment you won't get dinner because you didn't do this or you did this yes. or whatever and i'm not talking of you know, maybe a one meal being denied saying that you know you did this so tonight you are not getting mm-hmm. but something that is more like a persistent pattern right where you're doing it to shame the child humiliate the child hmm. and this uh, krishna is sometimes even more damaging than physical abuse for many children and these emotional and psychological abuse can actually cause very serious behavioral problems and scar children for life and why are we talking about this in the context of sexual abuse is that sometimes see it it is very important because you know as parents we say oh but why didn't she tell hmm she could have told na when it is happening yeah i i've thought that myself especially when you have people in their 40s and 50s hmm. who have lived with this for 30 50 years keeping it inside them hmm and you say but why didn't you say hmm. something hmm. now what we have to understand is when we discipline a child and when we teach him to be obedient and compliant and non complaining hmm. about anything else that is happening in his life hmm. that he or she knows to be wrong but still we we are teaching that child you will not talk you will not you have no right to disobey yeah so silence is considered as obedience listening to whatever the elders say we are always a little surprising why don't children tell they don't tell because of this 
because when you hit them and beat them we teach them to lie hmm. so when the child goes with a injury or a bruise to school and somebody asks what happens the child quickly hides it yeah and the child says kine i fell down i fell down the stairs and even if there is no physical abuse i would assume the mother or the father giving a cold stare and ask her to shut up absolutely because the child understands yes, the much. child is always smart to understand i have to keep quiet to be in the good books of my parents very much see one is the fear of the consequences that will happen if i tell yes okay which mostly as parents we are very good at telling children hmm. saying, saying you wait and see what i'll do that is the standard line we use so the child very quickly learns that there are consequences to my telling yes and the child will not tell so one is the fear the other is krishna the children are very uh, very loyal loyal creatures hmm. many of them will not want to squeal <laughs> if to if i can use yeah. a school girl word huh. to squeal or, or snitch on their parents or on their family yes so you are saying these abusers whether it hmm. is the parents in the context of a physical emotional abuse or in the mm. context of a sexual abuse whether it is somebody known to them yeah. they do not want to accuse them of something right what i'm also saying krishna is that our process of socialization hmm. is such that we are very successfully teaching children not to talk about anything that of of any harm that has happened to them yeah and then to suddenly expect them to talk about only the sexual abuse that is happening to them yeah the child is not able to do that yes yes i understand now that you are putting it in perspective yes so what happens is the child feels i could not even talk about my mama pinching me hmm i could not even talk about daddy hitting me because i got you know bad marks in maths test right in the child's mind that itself was a bad thing that happened hmm. and even for that i could not talk and they told me you must not talk hmm. now suddenly some mama cousin somebody sexually abuses me how am i going to even talk about this i cannot talk about this okay so going back to my earlier point of saying it's very important for us to understand sexual abuse in context hmm. of the life of the child you know that it's not only about this particular thing that the child will come out and talk about it's it's really hard it's really hard for children what all would come under sexual abuse that is where we started discussing a sexual abuse i would say is not just only penetrative sex sexual abuse of children is any and all inappropriate sexual contact with a child mm-hmm. which could include fondling or touching a child's genitals mm-hmm. making the child fondle the adult's genitals mm-hmm. intercourse of course is penetrative uh, sexual uh, encounters incest and i want to talk about this incest is basically sex between biologically related persons okay which could mean um, the father sexually abusing the child you know between father and daughter father and son mother and son or any between siblings between cousins hmm. yeah hmm. any who's related by blood to each other yeah uh, you earlier spoke about the silence and the hush around child sexual abuse i think the hush and the taboo around incest is one of the highest oh okay yes because see bad enough that sexual abuse has happened but that it has happened by my own father my own brother my own uh, mama that is really hard hmm. but sometimes the child is too young and the child may not understand this is a different kind of an abuse right exactly. they may understand exactly. that much later absolutely rape of course which is sex without consent sodomy sexual exploitation pornography see some of it is also what is called 
non contact sex mm-hmm. which is things like uh, online uh, sexual uh, abuse that could happen or posting sexually explicit uh, things on social media all of that which is, which comes under the category of non contact sexual abuse. hmm and one more point i want to add here is the bullying part which is something right, which we right. may not even realize we may think of it as teasing that all children go through bullying in the context of what we spoke earlier that it could be in physically actually hurting another child mm-hmm. or calling names or using sexually explicit language against a child or sexual bullying shaming the child saying oh and in fact this is something that i must share with you and uh, our listeners that which is particularly disturbing for me is that in practice i see a lot of girls who also uh, indulge in a, a lot of online sexual bullying oh okay right? i didn't know about yeah, that and, hmm. yes and and it is particularly vicious i have seen a bunch of girls will gang up against another girl and call her names and i see this a lot among teenagers who are using a lot of social media okay so they are actually using bullying behavior gang behavior to gang up and actually abuse another child okay and this is again um, not limited to gender at all in fact uh, for i have seen sexual bullying where you have the boy who will ask for pictures of the girl and then the girl sends him nude pictures and then the, those pictures are leaked on to other hmm. people in the group is one kind of a thing but also the other thing of girls in a group ganging up against someone and you know using that uh, as a way of actually shaming or humiliating and insulting Uh, another child oh there is a tendency somehow to associate most of these abusers are the male gender boys must be right. doing this we should take care of right. the girls more while we spoke about boys also get abused now you're talking about how girls may also be the perpetrators right see while it is true that most of the time it is probably uh, men are more likely to be perpetrators but i think social media is a great equalizer in terms of gender for all you know? the wrong reasons maybe at so, least in this context absolutely and it is it is really worrying and very disturbing also hmm. to see and i think uh, it's also because girls i think are socialized differently mm-hmm. see we tend to bring up girls as your gentler kinder more compassionate hmm. human somehow so maybe social media is allowing them to have multiple avatars so to speak yes yeah so socially accepted avatar of being compassionate gentle soft spoken whatever right as parents we may feel good my daughter is like this but you never know absolutely see i think what social media does is it removes a lot of the controls mm-hmm. face to face i might not have the courage to actually call somebody uh, a name a sexually yeah. obscene i might not do that you know because i am afraid of the consequences or i i don't want to be perceived as this bad girl who uses bad language or whatever but when i'm on social media see those controls fall away hmm. and there is this false sense of i can say whatever i want and i will get away with it hmm. because they will get away with it in the sense that very often we as parents will not even find out yeah. as to what is going on whether the chi- our child is getting bullied or bullying others is something which as parents hmm. how active are we on social media to really find out 
what is going on and who are these people chatting with and what is the nature of the conversations they are having yeah we discussed until now on the awareness aspect busting some popular myths etc on the mm. part of awareness is there something you would like to add in terms of awareness i would probably want to talk about two three things one is um, the potential to cause trauma it's very important for us to understand that each child's individual experience of sexual abuse is very unique hmm. to them and their response to the abuse is also very unique okay so while some children may bounce back fairly quickly and seem to be doing well another child may be devastated by the abuse and may suffer long term psychological problem so it is not as if there is a standard pattern or response uh, like i said some children the resilience is really good they are able to bounce back and kind of life goes on hmm. but many children are not, not able to move on hmm. and some of them may look like they have moved on and yet in adulthood or in later life when there is a crisis of a different kind it does come up it does come up in very very different ways mm. a few factors that can affect the impact of sexual abuse on children is the number of times that the sexual abuse happened oh. meaning was it a one off incident that can be really the thing that will determine how the child is responding okay along that uh, was there only one abuser or were there many oh my god okay yes oh yes we tend to think of child sexual abuse as a one off incident many times in our heads hmm. for many children it is not a one off incident there could be more as parents staying open to the possibility and likelihood that there could have been more than one okay is an important thing to keep in mind the other is again was there one abuser or many i say this because uh, once a child has has faced sexual abuse the child does become vulnerable oh is that so yeah as a lay person i would assume the other way the child has undergone abuse so the child mm-hmm. understands or it's more scared or more cautious or unfortunately that is not what happens mm-hmm. we are talking about the fact that most children do not report or have not disclosed to any adult mm-hmm. have not received support for the abuse that they have gone through to to come out of it and therefore these are children who will become more vulnerable to be being exploited by other people as well okay so we have to be really really careful about that again the fact that was the abuse by a close family member or was it a stranger that also does make a difference especially if you see the fact that it's really hard for children or why children i mean i think all of us yeah. to really trust correct and so a lot of the survivors who have trust issues when they grow up the ability to trust itself becomes destroyed see your close family members these are the people who you are trusting uh, them to take care of you correct and if they are the ones who are going to do this hmm. then the child grows up being very confused and very conflicted about what does love really mean what is affection what is trust who can i trust who can't i trust mm-hmm. and with a lot of messaging that happens which can confuse the child yeah because we tell them oh you must love your father you must love your grandfather you must respect your grandfather but father or grandfather is doing this or my uncle no family is everything family is this family is that but for the child family is the place where he or she is going through so much abuse right if it is quickly if the, the child is able to disclose and you know quickly addressed by the adults in the child's life then there is a better chance for that child to and the child knows that he or she is going to be supported yeah 
and the adults in his life are going to ensure that it will not happen again so that is where there is hope for more positive things to happen in the life for the repair to happen absolutely also in terms of the response to the disclosure hmm. like if the child did share okay yeah. imagine the child d- does come and tell the mother hmm. saying that amma this happened to me so how did they respond did they respond with sensitivity and understanding then the child is likely to recover faster or better so we need not force our own uh, preconceived notions about a person on the child see many times i've also met parents who are far more shattered and devastated by the abuse than the child who's gone through the experience mm. and therefore it's very important for us as adults and as parents to to be very mindful of our response when a child comes and shares experiences like this somewhere i feel it's like accidents i'm saying in a different kind of a way not in terms of the impacted right. leaves right. what i'm saying yeah. is we do not think as parents or as human beings we do not think yeah. that accidents will never happen for me it happens somewhere else somewhere we right. all know that accidents are likely to happen hence we should take some precautions etc while driving while walking on the road whatever it is absolutely when it comes to child sexual abuse mm. we somehow seem to stay away and say it happens to others but right. these questions that we discussed as a parent makes mm. me want to understand i should treat it like accidents i should remember mm. first and foremost that it can happen to my child in my house mm. okay mm. and hence if it it happens it is a possibility i cannot live with a blind eye saying no it doesn't happen in my house and hence mm. have responses which can negate the child's remark Absolutely. You're so right on that the beautiful analogy that you used of saying this is an accident that happens to other people. Mm-hmm. In fact, many of us I must tell you Krishna and I'm sure there will be a lot of listeners to uh, for whom this might uh, be hitting a lot closer than they would like to. Mm. It is important for us as adults to pause a minute and say before I acknowledge that this cannot happen to my child to pause and say did it happen to me too? Right. as i was growing up yes because there are a whole lot of us adults living today in this country who do not even want to acknowledge what happened to us as children our thinking should be without the notion that this happens only to bad people nothing absolutely Just clear absolutely. the whole thing and say did it happen to me and can it yes. happen to my child yes going back to your same analogy of saying that accidents can happen to anyone yeah. right and it's not uh, it, it's not that it happens only to bad people right and therefore you see don't we learn traffic rules correct why do we have traffic rules it is to prevent accidents from happening and what do we do for that we teach our children right from the time they are in first grade or even earlier red amber green yeah we teach them saying these are the rules yes. so with this we have to move on to the prevention steps but that is for another day guess what I had wanted to do one episode on child sexual abuse but when Kalpana and me got chatting on the broad areas of awareness prevention and detection we really felt it makes sense to split this into multiple episodes so today we have focused on the awareness part busting myths how the enablement of law gives us vocabulary to talk about this in our society what all comes under child sexual abuse the impact of sexual abuse on children and in understanding why it is important for us to be mindful in our response to our children yes this is a difficult topic indeed 
but then we all know it is not a common practice to discuss it very openly in our households hence each of us as a new indian woman should increase our awareness and learn how to be better prepared so do wait for the next episode in the meanwhile i encourage you to share this episode widely with the people in your life if you're listening over a podcast app use the option available there itself to share over whatsapp email etc remember you are what you want to be and the time starts now